Hello, beautiful souls. It is Miranda here, and I'm with actually a dear friend and a teacher, Asha Ramakrishna. And I would love for you actually to introduce yourself because it, I, your genius is just so much. I wouldn't be able to put enough words or energy into it. So I would love for you to introduce yourself. Thank you. Um, I don't know where to begin with my introduction, except just to say that I am a priestess um, to the unification of the great mother with the God self in ourselves, in our bodies, in our systems and in the world. And, you know, we do this through many different things. Human design is one of the tools. Uh, pilgrimages is another tool and then being able to support people through um, their own service in their businesses through um, you know being of service and like making sure that we feel good that we're wealthy and that we give in a way that feels really good too mm, yeah thank you for that and I just wanted to put a note in I went with you to Egypt. So the pilgrimage part is huge. I mean, that was life-changing in so many ways. Um, I even con I connected with you with human design and I followed you with sacred commerce. So you are a teacher and I keep coming back and we have a shtanga and like, there's just all these coincidences and um, having you on here is really a privilege because I feel like you give so much more depth than what a lot of people are offering nowadays, as far as going deeper into the pilgrimage and going deeper into human design and BIPOC experiences and all of that. So first I wanna say thank you for everything that you do because it, it's so needed. And then I want to give everyone the opportunity to get to know you before all of this wisdom was here what a, what was an experience that you had that really shifted you into moving you into who you are today so i am a mother to a reflector and this human who is now a 20 year old full adult sort of ish <laughs> pretty much um really took me through the ringer in my human um, really struggled with that journey, but my soul was cheering me on all along. And I would not be who I am had I not had the opportunity and the privilege to be a mother to this human specifically. My other daughter just like brought joy. <laughs> And like, oh my God, there's easy, there's easy parenting that's available too. I wish I would have known this, but this woman, Dharma is her name. And actually um, she did a little blurb in the book um, about um, what it was like to have human design be brought into her life. But yeah, she's, she's really the reason why I dug and dug and dug to, to heal and to seek all these tools to like help me be, you know, like an active connected participant in this world. 
And how do you feel that you have shifted because of this? I know that you say you've grown and dug deep into it because of everything to be a mother for her, right? Which is such a gift because I truly feel the same. I feel like we need to do our own inner work to be able to help our children, you know, so that they don't have to go through some of the things that we went through. But you were given a gift with a reflector 20 years ago, like when, I mean, I didn't know human design 20 years ago. I know you, you knew human design way before me, but what do you feel like this gift was for you and how did it propel you to where you are today and how you're of service? I mean, I think the biggest thing was learning to be compassionate to myself and compassionate to her and whatever that struggle was that she was having, right? That was like, couldn't be understood. Like there was no logic. Like, why is this person struggling? Like I'm this hippie mama. I'm giving her massages and baths and like dimming the lights and, you know, organic food when it wasn't a thing. Like I'm doing all the things. And this person is obviously struggling with existing in this world. And what the invitation was for me like was that I was being invited to heal my own wounding around the love that I didn't receive. And so the anger, the out of controlness that she was expressing was really all that was inside me and that I was like kind of keeping, keeping it together you know, doing the responsible thing, taking care of my family, like family of origin and my immediate family, financially, emotionally, all the things I was keeping it together. But then there was this like barometer to what was actually happening, which all our kids are like, they always are the barometers, right? But it just so happens that she like mega amplifies it as a reflector. And she really called me to task to heal that wounding, that inner child wounding, and to armor myself and like kind of bring in, I, I call it like, um, you know, like all the, like the backpack of all the, all the tools that we have, um, like really to bring all of that so that I can give myself the love that I, that I perceived or that I experienced that I didn't receive, like giving it to myself. Um, I mean, not just like, I mean, love is huge. Like it's so hard to quantify, but it's the respect, the, you know, the love, the value, uh, all those things that as kids, of course, we seek it in our parents because that's what we know, right? Um, but ultimately, um, the practice of giving it back to ourselves is like such an empowering thing, such an empowering thing. And it really shifts humanity as a whole, really our own inner work, because then she is able to see that everything that you've done and she's evolved into who she is. And then it, it ripple effects. And I know you have some modalities that are sacred and are special and that you bring to the world. I would love for you to go deeper into the modalities that you practice and the modalities that you share with others. Oh my gosh. I think like at this point, I'm like, I don't even know if I can name the things 
because the evolution of the way that I show up in the world has become more that, I don't think I've said this out loud um, as of late, is that I really um, work with the elements. Like I'm working directly with the elements and balancing, like bringing the medicine of all the elements into what is needed for myself, um, for a person in front of me, and even for the land. Um, so that's like where I'm at. Um, you know, like, sure, I have learned a lot of things. I have learned a lot of ways of how to um, uh, alchemize energy, um, like karma healing. And, um, and I think human design in and of itself is a transmission. Um, and how we talk about it can be really transformative for somebody just speaking to one gate or just speaking to the openness in a in a center can be so healing to speak to someone about because we feel seen right like ultimately those moments whatever the energy is that we utilize allows for someone to like place themselves in the moment and then feel seen and heard and like okay i'm not crazy and um okay there's a place for me in this world okay i'm good <laughs> yeah yeah and that's what it truly does it really has a person be seen and it almost feels like a release is given like there's a permission for a, a release of, of an awareness that you've always had but you didn't know you had right so talking about human design you have a new book that just was published that just came out. So I would love you this, your soul map. Yes. I would love for you to go into first, how did this come about and who did you write this with? I know you have a partner here with the writing and who did you write this with? How did it come about and how, how, how has it expressed itself in the world and what are you hoping that it gives the world? So because you and I have a connection to um, the Hindu um, system, um, it really came from a place of connecting to the Durga inside of me, um, the sacred rage, um, that part of me that is an advocate of justice. And I was really feeling that in the human design community and healing communities in general, we were not, we were sort of giving this like blanket formulaic way of how we heal. And we weren't taking into account, not just trauma, but also the identity that many of us hold in this world and that there is a system of oppression. And that that is something that, you know, those of us who, are not mainstream in our identity have to navigate and so i and and it, for and every time that i would like sort of speak up about this it just kept not really being heard <laughs> and so you know what we do when we're really pissed is that that's an invitation for life to say like hey if you don't like what's happening guess what here's the invitation for you to create something to shift that so that's really where it came from. And um, I wrote the book with uh, my friend AC Brown. And it was, we knew what we wanted to say. And that's amazing. But then also, I knew that I didn't want this to just be about 
what her and I have to say. So we opened it up to have interviews of other people that hold um, other identities and that also maybe even represent the parts of human design in a way that is just more honoring, right? Like one of the people was Fiona Wong, who's a Chinese um, human design practitioner. And so I wanted her to speak to the I Ching. Um, how does she see it? How does she see the evolution of that? Because many of us talk about the I Ching as like, oh, it's very patriarchal. And that's, you know, could be true, but it's also, that's not our lineage. For many of us, not, I'm not saying that your lineage is only that which is represented in your DNA, because um, some of us have teachers of 20 plus years within certain lineages. So those are our lineages also. And there is also this place of respect, like let's respect the teachers and the lineage holders of the parts that make up human design. Yes, yes. And how is this, um, how is this book different? So the feedback that I've been getting is that two parts. One is that the first part of the book talks a lot about um, like why this system of human design doesn't quite um, it can't be quite practiced in the same way that it's been taught um, more like mainstream, right? Or, or as of late, right? And so that gives context to the second part of the book, which is more of like, and here are the, here are all the resources related to human design. So the book is kind of like a, a commentary and a repositioning of um, spirituality in general and our own personal liberation. And then the second part is more like a resource for those who want to learn about human design. And the feedback that I've been getting um, is one from BIPOC, from Black Indigenous People of Color, saying like, oh my gosh, like I finally feel seen, like I finally feel like something that I couldn't quite pinpoint has been said, and it's so validating. And okay, yes, I can use this tool because now like someone is explaining it in a way that will work for me. And then the second part is that um, for the allies, um, you know, is that what they're saying is like, thank you for this perspective. Because, you know, if, if, if BIPOCs come to you as a human design practitioner, you don't wanna put your same lens into how to support this person, right? You wanna have an understanding of who this person is and not assume that, well, this formula worked for me or worked for my sister or worked for my daughter, it's gonna work for you also. Like we, and I think that's where the nuance of human design really comes in. And, you know, the more that we um, deepen our, like deepen our knowledge and our wisdom beyond just like, do we know how to read the chart? Um, then we bring that depth and that complexity to someone's life that's what we're doing we're not just saying like here's your map go you know go forth like we're we're all we're walking people through this lens um ultimately for for their own liberation mm -hmm. and you know too and that even goes i think with a lot of the practices that you have done for your own personal growth you're aware of that whereas i feel like a lot of people today they're finding human design 
but they haven't done their inner work really. It's more like, oh, here's a body graph that shows me everything. Yes, this feels good, but they don't slow down. They don't observe. They don't do the deconditioning. It's just more information. So it seems like you're getting, you're supporting people and going deeper because we truly all know it's just finding the time to find that stillness, to connect with mother earth, to go deeper. And then that just is added tool where we just get to expand more, right? It's not like it doesn't. And we mentioned this before, and I I want you to go into this before the next podcast, because I know we're going to do this, but a lot of people use human design as like, they stay in this box of who they are, but how do you feel human design is actually here to support us in growth and evolution? Yeah, I was telling you that, um, you know, for a long time, I thought I was a four, six manifesting generator, right? And then when it was like, oh, shit, I got the wrong time. Um, I had to like redo my chart. And it, and it was this like, I was like, who am I? What am I, you know, and, and I very quickly, I was like, uh-uh, Asha, if you are boxing yourself into a four, six profile, because you have some idea of what how amazing that is or whatever whatever conditioning whatever uh you know ideas i had about that profile if you're boxing yourself in if who you are is so boxed into a profile we got problems right like we gotta really like open up the scope here Mm -hmm. because if i'm so like um obsessed with my type and what I have defined and what I don't have defined and what gate I have and what gate I don't have and da 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 da, then I'm just creating another box for myself. And ultimately, I really do believe this is that we really do have the whole chart. Like just like we have the whole astrology wheel, we have the whole chart and it's the way in which we play with the parts that are consistent or the parts that maybe, you know, there are people that um, do graduate from their own like birth charts. Not, we didn't necessarily think about talking about that, but there are people, you know, who have near death experiences that have new charts or what happens when you get to a place in your life where, you know, you're lucky enough to have fulfilled what you needed to come do. Like, what do you do then? Like, what's your expression now? Like, okay, I feel like I've done that thing. Um, Sure, are there levels I can deepen? Absolutely. But it feels like there's a new, a newness in what life is providing for me. So what do we do there? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a great tool, like you mentioned, to kind of ground into the awareness of when you're when you're kind of stuck and in chaos and you haven't connected to yourself. So you're able to use that, but then it's like, then you let it go. It's like, yes. And okay. I see this. I feel this now. What? Right. So I love that perspective. I would love to also know this is provoking prosperity. And the reason I called it, this was honestly, because I have the 39 of my unconscious son. So it's all about provocation and all that fun stuff. But, and that was something that was so hard for me, (laughs) but I would love to know. And for you to share what do you feel like you're here to do as far as provoking things into change and expansion? Oh my God. I mean, so many things. I think it's been an edge for me, you know, as someone who has been conditioned to um, 
want people to like me. Um, it's been such an edge for me to call into um, the warrior nature uh, of doing what's right in the world, like the social justice piece. Um, not, you know, yes, including um, the experience of BIPOC, but it's really more about like, um, also all the children in the world need to get fed and like, what the hell are we doing about that? You know, like, what are we doing? Like, even with my kids, like, I'm like, really, like, you really need that other outfit. You know, I'm not saying don't live in abundance, don't live in prosperity, don't enjoy the good things in life. But also, like, are we even considering our impact in the world? And, you know, that sounds pretty in some circles. But when you really, when we call each other to task on it, it's very um, kind of triggering, I think. And so I think sometimes people feel like that um, uncomfortable, um, you know, especially like when we travel to emergent countries where, you know, you know how it is, you know how I do things. I ask people to, to look at things. It's uncomfortable. Let's take a look with compassion. Um, you know, we travel to places that um, there's a lot of contrast and that's not very comfortable for many of us, myself included. It's not comfortable to see, um, you know, some of the scenes that we're not used to, especially in the US, but I love to be able to pay attention to that because it's such a reminder of the work that we still have to do as a, as a civilization. Yeah. And you know, what you offer there is it's, it's a beautiful experience. It's a hard experience. It's, it's a, like everything about it is beautiful, but it's so hard to put into words. I know we came back, right. And we all can talk about it. We're like, I have no idea what happened. I have no idea. And I can't talk about it. So I would love um, for you to maybe offer people or let people know this listening, how can they work with you? What are some of the options that they can work with you? What do you, is it, I know you have your book that I want you to definitely share. And I want you to share about, I think India's coming up. There's a couple pilgrimages coming up. So please put yourself out there and invite people and let people know what you're doing. Thank you. Yes, the book, Your Soul Map, Liberation, Human Design, and the BIPOC Experience is uh, available on Amazon. So please go and get that and support that. And if uh, you're able to write a review, that really helps us, um, you know, because it's it even even in the game of publishing, um, there are extra things that we need to do to support BIPOC um, authors, um, that there's a whole system uh, within publishing, you know, that um, is also not super helpful. So please go and, 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 and in fact, uh, order other people, other black and brown people's um, books. Also, it really, it helps um, the, it helps all of us to be able to have different perspectives that are diverse. Um, the second thing is that, yes, um, I am a pilgrimage priestess and we are going to India September of 2023 and then back to Egypt in March of 2024. 
um, this time back in Egypt to really walk with the goddess and be in the blue lotus mystery. It's going to be a little different than the way that you and I traveled. Um, so it'll be a little different. And those are the, the big ways for right now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I, they're so diverse and they're so, you know, I love that you have the book that everyone can read at first and connect. And then they, if they want to go on that trip too, it's like that next step. So I love that you support people in those ways. And yes, Egypt was, uh, it was so beautiful. And I, as you were saying that, I'm like, is this an invitation for me to go again? <laughs> I mean, I'd love for you to come. I really would. I mean, for, for so many reasons, just to get to experience, um, the journey with the goddess, um, as you can imagine, like every time that we go, it just something shifts and changes and deepens. And I, I really felt that that last trip was like, um, how devoted are you? Mm. And, you know, coming home and having these miraculous things really unfold for me was it's just it's, it's a beautiful relationship that I have with that land. Um, and I just want to keep sharing it and deepening it with like obviously myself, but then also like other people. So yeah, I'd love for you to come. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there anything, any last words, any last insight, anything that you want to share with the audience before we end? Mm, yeah, I, I think the part that wants to be reset is that whatever healing tool you feel in resonance with, and if it's human design, wonderful, but not to let ourselves be boxed in by any organizing principle. I think that, you know, for those, for those of us who've been on the spiritual path for a long time, we know what happens when we get so like rigid mm -hmm. and we don't allow for nuance and we don't allow for emergence to occur from an unexpected place that like sometimes our minds can't like wrap its head around, you know, wrap itself around and emergence and beauty and grace, it opens up when we like don't constrict something so, so tightly. Mm, yeah. Open-mindedness, right? Being open to new things, opening the mind because I mean, our mind only has a certain percentage that we use. And we think we stay within that and we don't have to. That's the thing. We don't have to. It's a choice, right? So thank you, Asha, so much for being here. I appreciate you. I love you. I love and, you and we're going to dive into your chart on the next one. So till next time, everybody. Thank you.